Hello and welcome to another episode of the Every Bite Counts podcast. I'm Mike Bolton, aka Bolton's Bites, and I'm here with my co-host, Marcello from Toronto Food Reviews. So, we were brainstorming on what we want to talk about today, and I remembered that I saw a video on Six Buzz the other day, and essentially the topic that we're going to talk about today is tipping. So the video that I saw yesterday was essentially a video where it showed a very agitated, nervous restaurant um, owner or basically cashier at a restaurant who was almost being threatened in a way. To me, it seemed as if they were putting a lot of pressure on on the lady, but like it was, it was essentially some customers who were refusing to pay a quote unquote mandatory tip. Now, of course, there was no context in the video. It was it just showed the guys basically like threatening her and saying like, oh, "Don't." Uh, or like lower your voice and, and um, you know, we don't have to pay and, and, and doing this. And basically kind of like flexing their power as customers as, as opposed to just doing the right thing and just paying the, the, I'm sure, very small mandatory tip or also known as a gratuity charge probably. So again, there was no context, but I assume what it, what it must have been was a gratuity charge. Um, now, legally speaking, you don't actually have to pay a gratuity charge, but it's highly frowned upon to go to a restaurant and refuse to pay the gratuity charge. Um, Marcello, do you, what, do you, what do you have to say about this? So I just showed you the video as well. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Well, to me, it all comes down to maturity. And um, until you hit a certain stage in your life where you like, fully understand the concept of what a tip means... Uh, then, you know, you're kind of like on the fence with this whole thing. Myself, I'm mature and I, I think I'm mature. <laughs> and I, uh, I know why you tip someone because uh, they're putting in a service. They're uh, serving the people. So it's uh, the right thing to do is to tip. Let's say your food was bad. For example, um, let's say you asked for chicken and they gave you uh, beef or something, right? And then you had to bring it back and whatnot. Even though they messed up your order, you still got a tip because you got to remember that there's not just one person that gets the tip. A lot of these restaurants actually split the tips together, like a tip out kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So just because that cook messed up your order doesn't mean your waitress who's, you know, busting her ass off to, to bring you fast meals and, you know, to get everything right. doesn't mean it's her fault, right? And... I used to actually be a pizza delivery driver, so I actually used to, you know, live oh, off tips and whatnot. I actually didn't know that about you. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's why when I, like, Mike probably notices, notices it too. When I go to restaurants, I kind of tip a little bit extra. It's because I kind of, re- I remember when I was a pizza delivery driver and I, like, relied on my tips so much. And it was always, like, the same kind of persons, like, people who would, you know, skimp you on the tips. Like, for example, it would be, like, a 17-year-old kid. I drive out about 20 minutes away, which is way farther than all my other deliveries. And there came to a point 
where the kid was 10 cents short for his meal. And I said to pitch 10 cents and just to, you know, <laughs> deliver the food. So right. like, I know how frustrating it gets. So I actually stand with the restaurant and the workers at that restaurant because I know how it feels. Yeah. So really good points, first of all. But I guess also just to play devil's advocate for a second, there was no context in this video. It just showed these, these kids huddled around the front desk of a restaurant with their phones out filming the restaurant owners in kind of a high-pressure style um, fashion where it seemed like they were, yeah, they were flexing their power, man. They're, like the moment that you're videotaping someone all up in their face, it's, you're, you're, it's a, it's a high-pressure situation. But just to, again, play devil's advocate for a second, we also don't know the context. It's possible that the, uh, their server might have been rude to them or that you know maybe their food was served cold, or maybe they had to wait for too long before their food came. But again, this is just me filling in the gaps. What this looked like more to me, since they were just huddled around filming the restaurant owner, it seemed as if they were flexing their power as a customer with the fact that you can leave a negative review on a restaurant, you can technically um, say that you don't want to pay a gratuity charge, you can do all these things, Again, it's highly frowned upon behavior. Um, and just the fact remains that if you're going out to restaurants, you should be prepared to tip. If you can't tip, you shouldn't be going to restaurants for the most part. I do, though, I will say, if the only exception I will make for not tipping, and I literally tip 99.999% of the time, the only time I would personally not tip is if my server was exceptionally rude. That to me is the only situation where I won't tip is if the server was extremely rude. Bringing it back to me for a second. Now I did say a few moments ago that, you know, I stood with the restaurant owners and I forgot to mention one part of that. I stand with the fact that they deserve the tip but myself, even when I was like a pizza delivery driver, if someone didn't tip me, you still have to be professional. You still have to keep your cool because that's just one customer in a day where you'll get many customers. I don't know how busy that restaurant is, but regardless of the traffic that comes in and out, you have to keep that professional you know, view on things. And even if this one group of three kids doesn't pay their tip, move on to the next table because what they're doing now is actually projecting a bad image somewhat on themselves and the kids. So it's really not, you know, and thank God that, that the restaurant hasn't blown up. Like they didn't like post like the restaurant's name and all that stuff all over Six Buzz. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, what I can take from this and what I suggest to other, you know, restaurant owners and staff, do not overreact, keep your cool. There's always gonna be another customer, okay? And I also agree with that too. I would say that these kids, whoever they are and whatever the context was, um, they were out of line with the fact that they were filming the restaurant owner and all that. That's like, that's just, that's too much, man. Like, you know, let's, you shouldn't be out there trying to ruin a restaurant for tomorrow. You know what I mean? The restaurant business is, is so tough anyway. And, and that's why I honestly felt for the restaurant owner because it seemed like she was, 
like clearly she was stressed out by the situation. And then I will also say though, they didn't really handle it the best. They were clearly very stressed out and she kind of acted out in kind of like rage and in stress. And she did raise her voice. She got a little bit crazy. She started even, I think, swatting their, their phones with the menus. But I, I honestly still feel for the restaurant more. I think those kids were out of line. Um, and I'll also say that like Six Buzz knows what they're doing. They're, they're, posting this, they're posting this video without the back context, just saying that the kids refused to pay the, uh, the mandatory tip. But, you know, what's the whole context of the situation? And because we don't know the context of the situation, it gets people talking even more, trying to fill in the gaps, right? You get people writing novels, paragraphs in the comments thread, trying to figure out, like, what the backstory was or also just expressing their own personal points of view. And if you look at that comments thread, you are really going to see both sides of the argument. Some will be like, Listen, if you're, if you're going to a restaurant, no matter, no matter what it was, even if the food came and it wasn't the best or your server was a little bit rude or whatever, just pay the tip. You shouldn't be going to a restaurant if you can't tip, you broke-ass motherfucker. <laughs> and then you'll see the other side of the spectrum where it's like, yo, fuck that restaurant owner for getting all like stressed out and all this. You know, I hope that place like... <laughs> I hope that place burns down tomorrow or whatever. Like, the, the, or like saying like that, that, that lady handled it wrong and all this. Like, you're going to see both sides of the spectrum. Um, frankly, I, for, if I'm filling in the, the context, I'm, I'm more on the side of the restaurant owner in, in this particular situation. I can just tell from the attitude of, of the kids filming. Because like, you have to remember that that's not just like some... I know it's funny, I guess, for these kids to like film the lady yeah. freaking out and getting stressed that's out. Like old but that's about, that's right? somebody's mother, that's somebody's like sister, that's somebody's kid. You know, you what can I mean? tell they're doing it for the gram. You know, they're doing it for like that that viral video that they can they can post and all their friends are gonna watch it. It's gonna hit a thousand views on on their account. You know, <laughs> like like it, you can tell that that's what it was for. It's it's. Like Mike said, it's they're doing it for the clout, and that's what a lot of these kids nowadays do. They just want to be insta-famous. They don't really care if it affects themselves, if it affects others. You, you it just the and they probably sent it to Six Buzz. Yeah, and like what I was about to say is, it's just like the way society is now is, they don't care if they harm themselves. They'll, you you go on YouTube, you'll see people doing the stupidest things. And uh, just, you know, just to get their 15, not even 15 minutes of fame anymore. It's 15 seconds of fame. You know what I mean? And it's just, uh, honestly, I feel bad for these people because, they, you know, constantly using and abusing people to get famous is not, not a way to go. And let me tell you, uh, 15 seconds of fame on Instagram is actually more forgettable than, you know, doing something positive. Because what's going to happen in an hour or so, they're going to post another video. And guess what? That trendy video you made is gone. And if you did something stupid and you end up in jail or, you know, you make a fool of yourself, there's no going back. You wasted that on your 15 seconds of fame just because you didn't want to tip. You know what I mean? Just, I don't know. That's kind of disgusting. And for, like, if you're not tipping, you shouldn't really be recording yourself. But that's kind of, like, embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, I would be embarrassed if, even if... It... Even, I was sorry. I was going to say, even if these kids are in high school, like... What girls or like their friends would be like, yeah, that's so awesome. You didn't tip. Like, who thinks like that? I don't. I I don't know. 
Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Who are they impressing? I agree. I mean, I try and take the moral high ground as often as I can. <laughs> but yeah, there's clearly... You can clearly, you know, if we're talking about social media and that, you can clearly get a ton of engagement by posting, like, really negative, controversial shit. Let's be honest. You can. You can choose to do that. Yeah. That's never, it's never, that's never going to end. And but let me, let me say this. Um, on the subject of tipping as well, has there ever been a time where you didn't tip... And what was the reason? <laughs> Can I be honest with you guys? When I was maybe about 14 years old, I think I went for sushi with my friends and uh, my brother as well. And, um, you know, like when you're a kid, sometimes you're, just, you know, you're whatever. And like we, we gave it like a very small tip. But like I always feel bad. Like if I, I didn't have much money and I think someone was paying for me at the time. So I didn't really have a say if there was a tip. But... I've been in a situation where, like, you didn't tip, and, like, it's the most embarrassing thing. And like I said, I was only 13, 14 years old. <laughs> but it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever, like, went through. And, like, I felt so bad that the next time I went, I just gave, like, a, an extra tip because, like, it was it was too, like, I don't know. You feel embarrassed. And, like, it's, and it wasn't bad for us either because we kind of just, like, put the bill back, put the money there and left before the waiter came back. So we didn't actually see the reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it, 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 I'll be honest, yeah, I have have done that when I was young. But but uh, I I made sure, especially since I got my delivery job, that I'd never uh, never give someone no tip again. I'll actually, can I actually go, go into something? I was at a restaurant with my friend. Keep going, buddy. Keep a going. few months ago. And Keep his, his food wasn't too good. And um, he didn't tip. And the lady, the waiter looked so stressed. So I, I said, you know what, fuck it. I, I double tipped. I gave my tip plus another tip. And then she said to me after, she said, thank you so much. That meant so much to me. Because I know that the other, you know what I mean? Like, I'm the kind of, the kind of person who, like, I can see past the whole, like, it's not your fault. Like, I know it's not her fault if the food fucked up. It's the fucking idiot in the kitchen, right? Yeah, that's a the, really good point. The stoner in the kitchen. It's not the lady who's working hard in the floor. Yeah, and what if, what if he's always cooking like that? And then she's never going to have a good tip just because the cook in the back doesn't know what he's doing? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I I, I can see through that because I, like, if you've worked in a restaurant before, you know that it's not just like a, for me, it's not like a, oh, the waiter goes in there, cooks your food, brings it back. She's not in control. She's not in charge of that. There's a whole team. It's a team effort. It's a team effort. Exactly. So, so, you know, be more uh, self, like, aware, self-conscious. Think about the big picture. Yeah. Think about the big picture. Like, these are like. You know, like, even if, like, you give, like, a dollar more than you usually would, you'll literally see these people's faces, like, light up. Like, yeah. the other day I went for beers and drinks. With- and if, I just want to say also, if you have an overall mentality where you think that you can go out to restaurants and not tip, like, like there are some people who are, like, they'll go to a restaurant and even if the service was great, they're just such assholes that they, they leave a, a tip that is less than par. They'll tip, like, 10% as opposed to 15% or something, which now I think... The, the, ex- the more acceptable amount is actually more like 18%, right? The, 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 the economy has like basically realized that it's actually almost more proper to tip out about 18% because 
uh, waitresses and, and waiters and all this are actually making less than minimum wage still. Oh, yeah. So that's why they actually do recommend like 18% now. If you don't think that it is, um, if you don't basically acknowledge the social norm of like at least a 15, maybe 18% tip, maybe you shouldn't be going out to restaurants, bro. Maybe you should just cook at home. Well, but you probably don't cook. <laughs> yeah. So I don't maybe you should go to McDonald's, bro. Well, <laughs> like for me, like even as a pizza delivery driver, they paid us less than minimum wage. I made seven dollars an hour in twenty fifteen. Seven dollars. Okay? I don't I didn't that wasn't minimum wage. I still had to do it, right? So I depended on those tips. You know what I mean? How now many, how many years ago was that? Uh, four years ago. Okay. So basically the way I do my tips is like I don't even look at percent. I just like whatever I feel like. Like the other day we went out to a restaurant and I'm not to say like I'm, a, I'm an angel or I'm a, like a great person. But, like it's just like you just feel it by. You are a bit of an angel though. I saw you walk an old Vietnamese lady down Spadina in Chinatown just for, I, I don't even, I don't even know, man. You were just, you know, it was just the right thing to do in the moment. She, uh, she reached out to the nicest looking person around her. And uh, you just delivered, buddy. You must have walked her about four blocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicest well, guy in Toronto. Anyways, the bill was like, I believe, 60 bucks or something like that. And it was me with a few other people. The guy, you know, served us drinks for hours. You know, we were just like doing nothing. Just a couple drinks here, there, whatever. So, like, when the bill came, I gave him uh, 70, right? And uh, he walked away and he comes back. He's like... Thank you so much. Oh my god, I can't. And he was so happy over ten bucks, and I'm like, no, don't worry. But like, he's like trying to give the money back. Like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, buddy, it's yours. Like, don't worry about it. And it's like, to see the look on his face, he was like so shocked that somebody would actually give more than like a five dollar, four dollar tip. And it was just like, that's how much these tips impact these people. You know what I mean? It could literally turn their day from a shitty day to a good day, or and vice versa. Like a. Uh, they could be having a great day and then you fucking, you, you're a piece of shit and you want to tip them nothing or like a dollar. Yeah. You're going to piss them off because then they feel like they did something wrong. I feel really like did. this almost leads us to another topic. Like I, I see this, the perfect segue here is basically like it's so easy sometimes to brighten someone's day in a world where so many people are trying to spread negativity. Like just even look on like social media, for example, some of the people, you know, trying to hate on people and, and spread negativity like that. And, you know, you leave a, a $10 tip on a $60 bill or whatever, and that brightens the waiter's day. Like, it, it's, it's a really good feeling. It's, it's a good feeling for you, too. I'm sure when you left, you were like, you know what, I'm really happy I could kind of just make that guy's day just by a $10 tip. Like... No skin off my back sort of thing. I even, I even know people, like my friends, who are just like, well, like, I'm not going to name them because whatever, but like, I'll go, out, your names, I'll, I'll go, I'll go out to um, a restaurant names. with them after school <laughs> and they'll like, uh, we'll get, let's say, a couple drinks and like uh, an appetizer and we're splitting the bill. These fuckers will give like a, a dollar ten tip and I'm like, are you fuck? And I'll be, I give my, my rule of thumb is as long as I'm getting more than two drinks, like, you know, I'm here for an hour or two, I give five bucks. Four to five bucks, right? 
these people are giving like a dollar and I'm like dude are you fucking serious like it's embarrassing that I'm with you right now you know what I mean like I don't know some people are like oh 15% so if my so if my bill was split so if let's say me and you split an appetizer and I was like okay you pay the tip so like, okay I'm gonna pay a 90 cent tip like what the fuck like give like a dollar or two you know what I mean like I don't know it's like so it's my pet peeve sometimes is like people are cheap and I mean, maybe this is also part of being like, um, you know, like the whole, like uh, the overall, this is probably like why you are a uh, quote unquote good foodie because you also respect the entire industry. You know, it's not just the, uh, the work of the, the chef. You're also respecting the work that, um, that the, the servers do as well, right? From a holistic perspective. You're, uh, you respect the whole, the restaurant industry as a whole. Yeah. Did you spill your drink there, Marcello? Um, because I don't, I'm not drinking pop right now. <laughs> so I kind of, I'm not drinking pop right now. So I kind of, you know, said, sure, I'll grab a diet pop. And I don't even like diet pop. So I'm trying to like pour some back in the can. So it, does, so it looks like I'm not wasting it. Bro. <laughs> Just drink your drink, man. Anyway, um, I'm going to try. I'm going to talk about one time where I didn't tip. Um, honestly, I think it's maybe one of the only times in my life where I didn't tip. And it was actually at this restaurant in um, Oakville that I used to go to uh, back in the day with one of the bands I used to play in. And I swear to God, this place had one of the best chicken, chicken shawarmas like, that I've ever had in my life. Um, just actually talking about it, I'm kind of actually craving, like, maybe we, we got to go there one day. But the place was called Loris, and it was, um, I believe it was on Trafalgar? Trafalgar's in, in Oakville, right? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right off, like, the exit from the highway, um, and it was on Trafalgar, and, um... Yeah, amazing chicken shawarma. But I remember that one time... Now, most of the time, we used to just grab and go. Um, it was, you know, perfect grab and go food. The shawarma would still be great, you know, once you brought it home and all that. Um, but this one time, we went in and we decided to sit down and eat. And a few times, we did do that. Usually, the service was good. But I think that they had some new staff members this one day. And the thing that I found so... That was just, like, not acceptable... Um, was we had to wait about 10, 10 to 15 minutes before the server even asked if we needed a drink. So to me, that was just like a real like neglect of like any sort of service. And yeah, the guy might have been new, not known kind of the standard procedures of working in a restaurant or something like that. But I just kind of found it unacceptable. And I thought that like, by not tipping in that situation, it was going to make it clear to him that he needed to uh, definitely step, step up his game. It's like, that's just a basic thing. Basic, basic, basic. When someone comes in, just ask them, can I get you guys any drinks? Like, basic. That's Question. Mike, you went to that noodle place that one time, that really busy Chinese, and you said that lady, like, bumped into you or something, or, like, that place. Now... Do those people expect tips? Because you said they're super... You're rude. talking about uh, Swato. Swato. 
uh, in Chinatown there. The no, no, no. The, what I was so here's what here's what basically happened. It wasn't like it wasn't a big deal, and it's kind of expected with a, a really like high turnover like Chinese restaurant like that where it's like packed. Is it was it was really weird, but like she could tell that I was about to leave, and as soon as I even like motioned to like stand up, she was already grabbing the back of my chair, and I was like, "Hi." Yeah, ex- excuse me. What are you? Uh, what are you doing? She's like, I'm grabbing your chair so that like the next people can sit down. It's like, okay. It's like, relax. I'm just about to leave, and there's just like better ways to go about that. But you know, sometimes these high traffic late night eats spots like that aren't exactly known for the best service, service right? So. Um, Okay, so in that situation, I gave a I gave a tip, but just not a high one. Yeah, but would, which like like in a place where it's like in a restaurant or like a you know I don't know tip, but if it's like a fast like packed place, you could still tip, but I don't think you're expected to tip as much because the service isn't as much, right? You're not getting the same kind of service you would get in a like a a restaurant like a slower restaurant, right? Because they're trying to earn, you know. Your your uh, continuing uh, continuous business, yeah. right? Rather than a place who doesn't really give a fuck because they have a hundred people lined up outside, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and there's places that are designed to kind of be like a wham bam, thank you, ma'am, quick service spot, eat, and then get the hell out of here, versus you know sit down, enjoy your food, take your time, and you also have to uh, you got to know what situation that you're you're walking into and i think that's also part of the reason why sometimes vietnamese restaurants um sometimes don't have the highest rating on on google or like yelp is because sometimes they don't always have the best service um but hey but hey but you know what you're you go there for the the amazing uh the amazing meal, right? The, the really great pho or the really great, really great food that you're having there. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know why it is, but, but some of those places, the service isn't the greatest. But again, that's maybe not why you should be going there to begin with. My uh, friend actually told me uh, a while back, he said, uh, this is how you judge if it's a good pho, re- pho restaurant. If it has great decor and the service is good, it's probably a bad bowl of pho. But if it's like a, you know, a little bit older and the service isn't that good, you're probably going to have an amazing bowl of pho. Which isn't true because I've had places with amazing decor. <laughs> it's pretty funny that you say that <laughs> about how these places are meant for their amazing food but not necessarily service. And I mean, just also so we don't sound like racist assholes. Um, yeah, this also goes for like any restaurant across the board. <laughs> I mean, any restaurant can have bad service. Just saying, <laughs> just to kind of my like. Friend uh, was, my friend was Asian who said this. Oh, my, the friend that my friend that told me this was Asian himself. Right. Okay. This, these aren't my views. These are my friend's views. Yeah. Just to clarify for all you politically correct lefty lefties, you know, all the way left. All right. Oh, man. I'm just saying. I'm not all. I'm not. I'm not a writer or anything. But I'm just saying, like, I'm not racist. Hashtag triggered. 
You know what? How rude of me. Um, earlier, I didn't even mention where we are today. We are at uh, Folly, Folly Brewing on uh, College. College and Dover Court, actually, is the exact intersection that we're at today. Um, yeah, we just found an, a nice little spot to, uh, to grab a beer. They make some pretty nice beer, actually. Right now, I'm having what they described as a fluffy IPA. But it's a very... Um, very fruity, almost like milkshake style IPA. I, I personally, I love a nice milkshake IPA. Uh, Marcello, what are your beer preferences? We don't, we don't, we don't drink enough together because Marcello's always driving. Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely, w- I do like the craft beers, but it has to be, I have to be in the mood. You know what I mean? It has to be like a nice summer day. I'm on the patio or I'm in the cottage. You know, I'm just relaxing. But, um, yeah, I would probably go with, like, an IPA or something like that. Um, but if it's, like, my everyday beer, I just go with something something lame like a Corona or, like, a Budweiser or something like that. I just drink, like, you know, or a Sleeman. Those are my three, like, cheap beers. And then I also love trying, like, local craft breweries, of course. You said um, Corona, right? Yeah. I'll tell you a little secret about Corona. Only with a lime, though. I can't drink it by itself. Only with a lime. Now, here's the funny thing about Corona, though. Very skunky. If you have a Corona without a lime, it is not that great of a beer. So what, one time, I was just kind of like experimenting. I'm like, well, I wonder what another like basic beer would taste like with a lime. So if you take a beer like Carling, for example, which is a much cheaper beer, and you put a lime in it, it is probably better than Corona. Just an FYI. But I know there is something about... You know, that's good old skunky Corona, but when you throw a lime in it, it just becomes that magical, perfect taste, right? Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, on to the next topic. I thought that tipping was definitely a, a great, great, great topic. Um, if you guys have any feedback, if you guys have any feedback at all on tipping, we'd love to hear it. Um, and yeah, we're, we're curious, like, do you, uh, do you yourself believe that tipping is almost something that's mandatory? Uh, feel free to tell us a time where you didn't tip and you felt that you were uh, in the right. Yeah, anyway, we're always interested in feedback. But uh, on to the next topic. I actually did another podcast with a fellow named Steve Kim. He is a real estate agent up in Richmond Hill, is predominantly the neighborhood that he uh, focuses on. Um, but, oh, and by the way, on, on Instagram, you can find him, Steve Kim Holmes is his Instagram handle. So shout out to Steve. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say thanks a lot, Steve, for, uh, for having me on your podcast. It was super, super enjoyable. I swear to God, like, there was not a dead second of silence because both me and Steve, we like to chat. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And um, I, almost felt, I almost feel bad because when I watched the podcast back, there was a few times where I was like, damn, I should have let Steve talk a little more. <laughs> like sometimes I just get a little carried away. And uh, yeah, like it's, it's something you got to watch sometimes, you know, but uh, we, had, uh, we had such a great talk and uh, we had so much to talk about. I literally probably could have spoke with the guy uh, for another two hours, <laughs> but like, yeah, we ended it about an hour and a half, 
which was apparently like the longest podcast that he's ever done so far. Uh, we talked about everything from what I sort of do in the Toronto food scene to like his transition from being a teacher to a real estate agent to just value, like giving value. And we also talked about um, social media and sort of the, the different, um, our different approaches to social media. And I've found that our approaches to social media are not actually entirely different. I think we both kind of come from that kind of like Gary V school of social media where it's all about what, what value can you give back to your audience and sort of fostering that community. Um, Marcello, I know that you didn't get a chance to watch it yet, uh, but you look like you have something on the tip of your tongue that you want to say. So go right ahead, my friend. I just want to say a shout out to Stephen Kim for having Stephen Kim. Pardon Stephen, me. Yeah, is that it? <laughs> yeah, it's both. It's Steve Kim, but yeah, his um, his uh, I believe his handle is S- Steve Kim Holmes. No, Steve Stephen Kim Holmes. Right. Stephen Kim right. Holmes. So shout out to Stephen Kim uh, Kim Holmes for having an amazing podcast studio. You made a. Your everybody counts podcast co-host a little jealous over here. You know that I, I couldn't be in the studio. Uh, it looks great. Setup looks professional. I I would love to come up there with Mike or something one day and do a little collab podcast. You yeah. know what I mean? Collab is what these foodies in Toronto use, so I might as well throw that word out there, right? Um, the only thing I didn't like about the studio, the look, is how it was like a face-to-face with like the mics like this. I prefer like more of like a like a relaxed kind of like a mic mic like like more of a circle more of like a circle kind of thing rather than like a face like, off yeah like a face off it's too intense I find but you know what for me and Steve it, 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 worked, it worked really well because because like I don't know we just had a really like friendly vibe and all this like it yeah lots of cohesion from what I hear oh yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. Yeah, lots um, of but um, yeah, yeah, no, no. We uh, we definitely got to talk to to Steve about uh, about maybe uh, maybe getting up there and doing one of our Every Bite Counts looks podcasts great. up there. Looked so <laughs> professional, and uh, that's definitely the setup that me and Mike are looking for. Uh, and uh, soon we'll have the equipment. Soon. Let us record a podcast there, Steve. Please. 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 Hashtag Steve, Stephen Holmes will sell your house. <laughs> if you live in Richmond Hill. Okay, another, okay, so that actually, that just made me think, though. One thing I, that I love about Steve as well is the way that the, what he puts out there on social media is it's almost like he wants to be your friend first before he sells you real estate. Like, he is... He, to me, he's like the real estate agent who actually cares. Uh, He even told me some stories about like times where he would actually tell a potential client, don't buy this house. Or like, right now might not be the right time for you. He just like, he he would actually listen to what the customer's needs are and not just try and get them in like the first, first expensive house that they find, you know? He would actually ask them lifestyle questions to see what they can actually afford per month because he doesn't want people to be like rent broke. You know what I mean? To be in a house where you're, you're just paying too much and you're practically almost going into debt 
paying your rent, not cool. So, well, technically every every mortgage you are going into debt. Nobody pays off their house in full. Yeah. So it's just like so what, you're already in debt. Yeah. So what but now of, and then you can't even afford it on top of that. Wow. You so know, like what just depends. What kind of debt do you want to get into? Do you want to get into like you know, something that you're never gonna be able to pay off or do you wanna get into something that's kind of affordable? But you gotta take some losses, you know, maybe move a little farther out of the city. You know, there's so many different uh, aspects that go on and that's why you gotta uh, stay tuned for Stephen Kim's homes page on Instagram for all your, uh, uh, you know, real estate uh, questions, tips. Uh, I don't know. That's another thing about this guy too, is he just drops value bombs. He drops value bombs for the people at home, you know? Like, it's not just so like, here, buy this house. Da-da-da. Here's this listing, just sold, da-da-da-da. It's like, you know, have you ever thought about um, having to replace the tiling in your washroom? Or like, here's some home, here's some tips for like, uh, for, your, for, your, for, your, uh, for your home, you know? Um, and I like the way he does everything too. Like, Monday is... Uh, Motivation Monday. Um, Shout out to my Ottawa life. Foodie Friday. He has a Foodie Friday as well. Um, yeah, so I just honestly really appreciate the way that that guy kind of uh, puts himself out there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Next topic. All right, so we have to... Uh, we have to get out of here pretty quick. We're Make on our check. we're on our way to another uh, to a tasting tonight at Garrison Creek, um, just a little bit east of us here on College. Um, this is gonna be my first time ever going to Garrison Creek. Same for you, Marcello. Yeah, I've never been to Garrison Creek before, but uh, after eating a delicious bowl of pho, I hope I have some uh, <laughs> room in my belly. Uh, yeah, it's true. We we actually went to Pho Lin today which is just down the street i think on uh was on college but what's the intersection oh god uh in college kind of thing is that where it yeah, yeah yeah college and different yeah. yeah it's yeah you yeah exactly um really good spot oh man you know what i mean i don't want to give away my uh i don't want to give away my fall one six review of it but quite frankly if you've listened to this much of the podcast i appreciate you and you know what I'm just going to tell you, I, fuck, I fucking love that bowl of pho. Dude, that, I had a really tough time rating that bowl. Not because, not because I had to do much thinking on it. It's just that, like, I wasn't sure whether to give it a higher score than on Dow, which is currently the highest score thus far at a 9.1 out of 10. I ended up giving it also... A 9.1 out of 10 because to me they're just both far superior than than like a lot of uh, of Toronto pho. Uh, Marcello, you got it. You you look like you got something on the tip of your tongue, buddy. Well, for the past week and a half, probably I've been craving pho, like literally, like you know, wanting to go for pho no matter the cost or wherever I went. I just wanted to go, right? So when we went today. And I saw the price $9 for a large bowl of pho. I was like, that is a good deal. Considering most large bowls of pho go from 11 to $12. Yeah. So, like, this is the first time me and Mike have actually went for pho, got spring rolls and pho, and it was under $30. It was $27, $26. Bucks. Tip in, $30. Bucks. That is Back to our original topic, just, just the tip. Um, 
$30 was tip in for some spring rolls and uh, and two bowl, large bowls of pho. Now, and they give free tea, which a lot of places have been very stingy with because yeah. this free free hot tea and I bet good. you they would have done a refill on that tea as well. I bet you they would have. 100%. Um, the herbs were fresh. The the environment was actually really nice. Really nice, clean, open space. And friendly staff. Really nice customer service. Good customer service. Now, 100% agree with all that. And the broth was so like zesty by itself. Even before the lime, which you would expect to give the zest, it was actually very zesty. So I think they maybe boil it with a few limes inside the broth. I think that might be... Cause like I tasted almost like a zesty like a no, no I don't think it's that man. Who knows? We'll speculate. I think there's a lot of good there's a lot of things that go into making a great bowl of pho. I think one of the fundamental things is like the time that they're putting into making that original broth. Because, you know, the way that they make a pho broth is they boil the beef bones, right? Which gives it that rich, beefy taste, right? So that, what about vegan that's what. Pho? Let's not go there. <laughs> he said, what about vegan pho? Let's not go there right now. <laughs> we got to get out of here soon. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big topic. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think that's... That's what the difference is with some of these like top-notch places like Pha Lin and Andao and even maybe like Pha Hung as well. I, I feel like they're, they're really putting the time in to get, the, get that rich, beefy, um, really um, kind of a deeper tasting uh, broth with real depth, real depth to the broth. And there's, you know, they put like star anise into the broth as well and that's something that might be giving it that that zesty herbal sort of quality um i think that that's a big part of it too right we only we only know so much about pho um my whole point with my show pho one six is not to tell you like i have a a superior palate and i know everything about pho i'm just a guy who loves pho and i decided to make this show around it to basically go around and just give you my most honest review on what I think of these bowls of pho. You can go out there yourself and form your own opinion. And I mean, if you get takeout pho, You're gonna don't be, be surprised if it's bad. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, you got to dine in, man. Who, nobody, who gets takeout pho? You know who gets takeout pho? Amateurs. Bears. Rookies. Bears. Bears get takeout pho. Anyways. Um, well, like... I even saw a little bit of backlash from our um, Golden Turtle little Tian Fen reviews. And, like, um, even, like, our Zulu, people were saying, oh, how can you give, you know, Zulu this score, but then Golden Turtle this. Well, realistically, are you, you guys, when you see these videos, it's not set in stone, this is which one's better. This is just our opinions, or Mike's opinion, at more or less. And um, you have to, like, consider that, you know, not every bowl of pho from every restaurant is going to be the same. A lot of places, uh, the bowls won't be consistent every day. Some will. The really good places will. But, like, you could go in and think it's the best bowl of pho you've ever had. But then maybe me and Mike, who have eaten 10 or 15 different uh, pho joints in uh, Toronto, 
we'll probably have a different opinion just because we've had so many other ones so we can actually compare it to other ones. If it's a local place in your neighborhood and you're used to going to that place because it's like something that's in your childhood memory or like you always used to go there with friends, of course you're going to have a special spot for it in your heart. But that's what these videos are for. They're like the unbiased, unfiltered, clean cut, you know, uh, honest reviews. And uh, we're not just trying one or two places. We're literally trying every single recommended and or, you know, random spot in the city. So uh, if you're into food and you're into uh, honest reviews, you definitely should check it out. And more specifically, if you're into pho. <laughs> because my shit. Yeah, this show is this show is for the fall lovers. You know, um, this is for the, the hardcore, like, pho is my favorite food type of guys. You know what, what I mean? What, um, what do you say to people who've never had pho before? Oh, and, and I, I say it's for the, the hardcore fellows. It's also for people who aren't so experienced with pho, but like, but want to get, want to know where they should go yeah, exactly. for, yeah. Um, and I just want to also say like, too, I was thinking about this. I've actually made mistakes on my reviews, which I've, um, if you watch my last review at uh, Zulu, Zulu, I, I believe is actually the proper pronunciation. Someone actually, uh, a really nice Vietnamese girl slid into my DMs and said uh, that she loves, she loves the show and all that. And then she said, by the way, oh, I asked her, is my pronunciation of Zulu is what I was saying. Uh, is, that, is that correct? And she sent me like, this little clip of the proper way to say it. It's actually more like a Zulu, right? Of course it is, right? Uh, <laughs> but I've, um, long story short, I've been wrong on some of my scores though. Uh, and you'll notice in that video of the Zulu um, restaurant, at the very end of that video, you'll see that I dropped um, a new set of updated scores and I actually corrected my scores. Um, Pho Pasteur, I gave a 6.5, which is um, kind of a nice score. I feel like they earned, they earned points for being basically Toronto's only 24-7 pho that I know about. If you know about another one, let me know. But, like, they earned back points for being the only 24-7 pho. Otherwise, they might even be lower than a 6.5. Um, then we got... Um, at a 7.1, we have the Golden Turtle. Now, I originally gave a score that was way out of whack for the Golden Turtle because as it's, it's hard to, when you go to one of these places, to take all bias out of the equation and just give it a fresh score. I guess Turtle has this reputation of being one of the best spots in Toronto. Like some people say it is. A lot of the news publications like to say that it's one of the best up against Fatian Than, but really, there is no comparison. I wanted to give Turtle a higher score, but it's just, it's not quite there. It's a 7.1. It's the kind of pho that you'll go to, that you should go to if you're in the area, but the broth just has no depth to it, not a lot of flavor. It is a pho where you have to put in extra ingredients like the uh, sriracha and the hoisin sauce just to make it a flavorful broth, as opposed to pho tian than, as opposed to 
Fahang as opposed to on Dao and opposed to Falin. Speaking of Dao, Mike, uh, is Dao in Thailand right now or where? Marcello, Marcello just asked me, speaking about Dao as in on Dao, is our buddy Dao Lao in Thailand? Yes, he is. Just want to give a little shout out to Dao, Mike's friend, my friend, everybody's friend Dao. Hope us some safe travels back from Thailand. All the food looks great. And yeah. I can't wait to try some of your food when you get back. Yeah. I've been dying to try his food. Everybody's been telling me about it. Really sounds really good. Really good. As a person who's enjoyed his f- uh, food many, many times. Man, it's just exception. It's exceptional. It, it makes me look at the diff- some like it makes me look at some of the Thai restaurants here and just be like, you're not, you're not on that level. Well, that's like, that's I'm sorry, like, you're just not. Laotian, is that how you say Laotian food? Laotian. So I guess that's a bordering country of Thailand, or is that yeah. a part of Thailand? It's a bordering country. Okay, so that a lot of. I believe same- it's on the other side of the Mekong River. Well, either way, I'm dying to try that his food and uh, the authentic cuisine that he, you know, brings forth, and I cannot wait for his next event. Yeah, you got to come to one of his dinners soon. Um, We'll talk, buddy. We'll talk. Um, I want to ask a uh, yeah. Just just before we go, we we'll ha- we're on limited timing here. Uh, I just want to ask you, Marcello. So we've basically now been for my show Fall One Six on YouTube, and I want to almost call it Marcello's show too because he's always behind the camera, putting in that work, sweating his little buns off behind my iPhone. You know, just like putting in so much work. You know, holding that camera so still and occasionally getting his little thumb. In the in the fucking video, and I got to edit it out. Thank you, buddy. No, but <laughs> did it? Only when you were you, b- you the, bastard. You know, when you were grabbing the uh, the basil in one. I'm gonna have to go to some B-roll for uh, for that scene. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, getting a call from the girlfriend right now. So. Oh, Marcello's getting a call from his girlfriend. Um. Anyway, we'll he's gonna back. call back. Don't don't you worry, don't worry Emily. He's uh, he's gonna call you back. Um. I want to ask you before we go buddy um we've been to seven different pho spots for these episodes of pho one six it started with pho hung then we went to an Dao, then we went to um, tian tian then turtle then turtle pasteur pasteur uh zulu number six and then pho lin at number seven. Wow. So obviously I have my own opinions. I got to ask you though. Um, I'll tell you my top Tell five. Tell me your ratings and like really just forget about my scores. I want you to tell me, and you don't have to give me like a number out of 10, but just tell me like what your most enjoyable fly experiences have been in order from uh, one to seven. And then if you want to expand on why you liked each place, you can do that too, buddy. All right. We'll start from number seven and we'll go down. So number seven. You're going to start with the lowest? Yes. Yes. Like the worst one. All right. Fine. I'll work my way to make it more suspenseful. Okay. All right. So number seven for me would have to be, drum roll please, pho pasture. So I've never had this drunk. I've never, you know. It's not, I don't really go to the late night fuzz because I'm from, surprisingly, I'm from Vaughn, even though I call myself Toronto Food Reviews. Don't tell anybody. But uh, yeah, so uh, for past year, I'd give about 
you know, low sevens probably, 7.2 probably out of 10, which is actually very high for, uh, yeah. probably in the sixes, honestly. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. rewind that, probably in the sixes. Okay, so here's the little thing about, like, our rating system, not to jump in, Marcello, sorry, but, like, what we kind of, like, developed as a thing, and honestly, it is really based on, uh, like, Dave Portnoy from uh, Barstool Pizza Reviews. Shout out to Dave. That's, honestly, he's got, he's, the, he's got the best food review show ever, in my opinion. But what he basically said in terms of how he rates pizza, a nine is, like, basically the best pizza you've ever had. An eight is something where you would almost travel across the city to go to that place because it's so good. A seven is like you would go to because you're in the area. And basically anything below a seven is kind of like you you probably won't ever really, you, you, you probably shouldn't ever go there again. <laughs> like, or you'll never go out of your way to, to get it. Even if you're in the area, you probably wouldn't go there. And that's kind of how I look at at my fall reviews. like, And when I gave Pets to her a 6.5, it is really a place that I only would kind of go to if it's like 1 a.m. and I'm craving pho and it's just the place that's open, you know? So, okay, forget the numbers because we're running a little short on time. I would, uh, I would, number six for me and the pho one six would have to be the golden turtle the number five just because the beef was very was it let me just think the beef was on the rarer side a little bit fattier not as fat as pasture pasture was like very very thick pieces of meat uh golden turtle was still thick but the broth wasn't as flavorful as i would like it to be um then uh number so number five to me which you disagree with me probably is hung for hung it's probably number five. Oh. Wait, let me just wait. Wait, let me just think quickly. What was number? Hold on. I think, bold prediction, Zalu is for me number three right now. Okay? So then number four, what am I missing? Which one did we... Which one did we... Okay. So, so you would put Fahong number five? Yeah, to me. Okay, okay. Tian Then would be number four for me. What? Okay. Yeah. Right. Zulu would be number three. Um, okay. Lin, Fa Lin would be number one. Sorry, sorry, I fucked that up a little bit. <laughs> and uh, and that would be close, like yeah. neck and neck. Two? Yeah, close, close to. Close, like very close. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a toss-up, depends on... I would have to have it again, necessarily. So number one, my advantage is I had on Dow literally yesterday, and I know how good me, good me, it was. But we were both mesmerized by this fall today at Falin. Let me let me just go through the whole list. So number one, Falin. Number two, and Dow. Number three, Zulu. Because I was re- the only reason I'm saying Zulu is because I was very impressed. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. Fresh. We noodles, were we dude. were there for Maybe another you like fresh noodles. Yeah, we were. Well, no, it was just the beef was very thin. I really like, and the broth was flavorful. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like, the fresh noodles, I'd prefer. If that had the noodles that we had today, I think it would have been even higher. Yeah. And I was expecting late night pho, and I got, like, some pretty good pho. So Zulu, for me, number three, great job, guys. Number four would be very close, to This is, like, not like a landslide would be Tian, Tian Then. Number five would be Fahang. 
uh, number six. Let's see, four and five, three, four, and five are very close. Yeah. It could have been either one. So don't like think that the three is much better than the five, right? But then the six is where it goes really down. So six mm. would be Golden Turtle. Seven would be Pasture, and those are way below the rest. The five are really very close, actually, within half a point or you know like point five, point six, really, right? Huh. I like your I like your take on it, and I like that we put them in different orders. Um, you know what? We gotta head out, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode of Every Bite Counts with myself, Mike Bolton, Bolton's Bites, and my buddy, Marcello. Get over here, you can call your girlfriend later. Toronto Food Reviews. Signing out, guys. Alright, guys. Have a good night.